Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Yo, welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's Tuesday, January 3rd. Iowa State is 1-0 in Big 12 play. Uh, Only two teams are projected to finish above 500 in Big 12 play. That means we're going to dive right in here on Corner 3, presented as always by our friends at Mechdyne. You can learn more about them at mechdyne.com. Uh, I've got Brent Bloom with me today. You guys obviously love Mechdyne. You did your podcast uh, this morning. Uh, did C-Dub, did C-Dub say anything out of pocket in during the read for Mechdyne today? I know what that means now, so I feel proud of myself. Um, no cap? Is it cap? No, yeah, no cap. Yeah. No cap. Um, no, he was normal today. He he's he's better in the mornings than late at night. Yeah, I think you know it's just when he, the, well when he's you know I would like to think he's not dipping into the Cody Road at whatever ten in the morning. I think you guys clearly, are recording. Yeah, c- clearly a coffee guy in the morning, which I think is healthy, more healthy for him. Although he does drink, I mean, way I'll, too much coffee. I will My never forget, goodness. dude. I'll never forget one of the first times I ever went to Chris's house. I mean, I was you know probably eighteen or something like that, just sure. a fresh intern. And he, I walk in and he's bouncing off the walls. And he's like, I've had five pots of coffee already this morning. It's it's a it's a wonder why he has uh, you know GI issues occasionally. It's like <laughs> quit quit drink quit drinking the Mississippi River full of coffee. Uh, I no, didn't drink dude. honestly. I didn't drink. I I I started drinking coffee uh, when I was like twenty four, but I didn't when I was at KMA. So I worked with C Dub at KMA, and even then the guy would like drink KMA out of coffee. It's like where did you pick up this coffee habit? But come on, like let's be honest. He wasn't going to the coffee machine with the intention of getting coffee. He's going to the coffee machine to chop it up with Chuck Morris <laughs> and the boys, you know, and Donnie Hanson. Yeah, yeah, Donnie Hanson and uh, man Mike Peterson, legend. Gene Adkins. Oh, baby. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I don't think they kept my picture up after I was there for only nine months. I was, uh, <laughs> I was in the portal pretty quickly. Stance <laughs> didn't even make it to campus. Didn't even Apparently, make it to campus. Yeah, yeah. one week in in classes, and you were in the <laughs> I was out. I was out. Oh yeah. man, yeah, that's funny. Uh, all right, we're going to talk about Iowa State's win over Baylor from Saturday. 
I think there's some good things to take away from that one. We're going to talk about some of those other games that uh, happened on Saturday. And then West Virginia did play last night. We're going to talk a little bit about them. There are a couple games coming up uh, Tuesday night in the Big 12, so we're not going to dive too far into into some of these teams just because they've got a second game coming up here in a couple of hours. But let's start with the, with the Cyclones. Um, I mean, a 15-point win over Baylor. It was an impressive performance. They fell down into the, the hole early in the game, but just continued to plug away. I mean, you're able to withstand Adam Flagler being, yeah. I mean, incredible for the first half of the game or most of the first half of the game. And, I mean, it's just a gutsy win. You know, like I think that this is a – that game was a pretty good encapsulation of what this team can be this season where you might not have to be in as many games where you're going to have to beat people. 58 to 55 agreed agreed and i think that's the takeaway so far for this team is are they good at offense no but they're better than they were a year ago you don't need isaiah brockington getting what did he get against west virginia like 38 mm-hmm. or 30 whatever that was in yeah, february something crazy, yeah and honestly that's Iowa State was as efficient as it will be probably for most of the conference year. You shoot 50% and then make 10 threes. That's going to be on the high end for Iowa State this year. However, you were there. It wasn't like Iowa State was shooting out of its mind either. I mean, Caleb had one, and it's like, okay, well, that's probably not going to go in all the time. But most of them were pretty routine. I mean, a lot of the stuff around the basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa State got to the line 20 times and didn't shoot a lot of threes, but shot it well when, when Iowa State could. So it, it didn't feel like it was a game that you couldn't replicate. Like, this wasn't an out-of-body Gabe Kalsher experience. Most of his shots were in rhythm and shots that he can make, and he did. So, yeah, it was like the best-case scenario. It was, uh, I thought, uh, like I mentioned in uh, the Williams and Bloom podcast, it felt like an old-school Hilt Magic-type game where you're down yeah. nine in the first half, but you're like, really? If Flagler would just cool down a little bit, Iowa State can make a run and then what was it like 25 to four or something uh, from the end of the first half and the second half and the crowd was into it so yeah I mean is Iowa State gonna be a contender to win the Big 12 I, I wouldn't go that far but this is an important win to set yourself up now that these are two tough road games coming up everything's gonna be tough on the road and one and two at worst case looks way better than 0 and three so it's nice to start on the on the right foot here I think that this the team, this team, the, the thing that gives me some confidence about them, especially offensively, is I feel like, you know, last year you had the two guys. And it's like if one of these two guys is either not absolutely unconscious or both of them is not playing well, you're going to be in significant trouble. I think this year when you've got Gabe, uh, Caleb Grill, you got Gabe Kausher, Jaron Holmes didn't play very well in this game. Uh, you know, right. you've got – you've got another option there with Jaron who is, I think uh, he'll be better than what he was Saturday. You know, it was three of 11 from the field for 10 points. He was over four from three. Like, I think that's an uncharacteristic night for what he'll be in the big 12. And I, I don't think that this team needs those three guys. You don't need them to score 20, you know, but if you are every night by any means, but if you can get, get it where every night, you know, that you're going to get, you know, 15, 12 and 10 from those three guys, like you feel really confident in it. You know, it's, it's where you can't have the games like what Gabe would have last year, where he'd score 30 one night and then zero the next, you know, if you can figure out a way to avoid those things and find that middle ground, I think they've got enough guys just purely, you know, from a, a numbers perspective, they've got enough guys that it will add up, you know? Yeah, I mean, really, at the end of the day, basketball is a math game. It's like, where do you replace the production every single night? And it feels like the math adds up a little bit better 
in that you have more you have balance instead of the outlier performances that you needed last year from Brockington, Hunter occasionally, or, or Kalsher. And I just look at Iowa State's two-point percentage this year is uh, 71st in the country, like 53%. Last year it was in the the high 100s, like 180 at 40 or at 50 percent even. So you might think, hey, that's not a big difference, but three percent is a big deal, and it just feels like Iowa State's been more efficient around the rim to anybody that's watched, and I think it's true. But also along with that, Oshun and Trey King will help mm-hmm. will help that number even more. I mean, honestly, Shun has had probably two really good games, and one of those was Saturday. And so that's encouraging because if they get that guy playing like that, uh, Iowa State's posts were better than Baylor, which is fun to say because when's the last time you said Iowa State's posts were better than Baylor? You know, so that's that's a great thing. And then why I'm not I'm not real bullish on Baylor right now. I was like, man, if Flagler and and Cryer when he's healthy and George aren't making a bunch of shots, then what do they have? Like, they did not have an answer inside. The drop off on that team was felt significant. You know, yeah, it's I, like it. It basically got to a point in the game where I felt like if you know, Keontae George had the good second half, but he, he, did. he didn't play well in the first half. So it's like you sit there and it's like, man, if you just like if Adam Adam Flagler could score fifty in this game, and I don't think I, they would have that much of a cho- uh, chance of winning because I just he wasn't getting any help. You know, I think there was a point in the uh, at halftime. I want to say that he had made more than half of their shots and the rest of the team was like five of 20 from the field or something like that in the first half of the game and it like i mean yeah having lj crier back will certainly help and he's a you know phenomenal shooter a guy who can really you know put the ball in the bucket but another little guy though like he doesn't yeah. help them inside like, i i don't know i mean you're going you're going to to war in the big 12 with caleb loner and Flo Thamba and that other guy I can't pronounce his last name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Bridges. Bridges is like a more of a swing forward, too. but yeah. it's just like that. That's a far cry from everyday John and and the guys they rolled out there. Even um, well, look at Jeremy Sohan now in the mm-hmm. NBA is putting up some big numbers. Like that guy was super underappreciated for what they did last year. I mean, I think I know it's it's Monday morning or I guess this is Tuesday afternoon quarterbacking here. But I, I mean, I I can't have Baylor as the re. As to pick the to win the Big Twelve this year, not from what no. I've seen, and I, you know they've had a couple nice wins in the non-conference, but to me they are middle of the pack, maybe bottom bottom tier. So which is the good news is I they got the win, right? Like it was against a ranked team, they were twelfth at the time. I don't see any way unless Baylor shocks me that they're going to be in the top twenty all year long. I just I don't think they have the ammunition this year. They're a really talented team. Like I, I think that that's I don't know that that's the issue, I, but I mean. I think when you've got to play two fr- two true freshmen and and you've got to live and die by one of them uh, to uh, to some extent, you're going to be in trouble. Dead you know, on. That just is that's not a good recipe in the Big Twelve. I mean, I think you know anybody who's been watching Big Twelve basketball the last few years knows that. But I mean, just look at the offensive ratings from this game. True freshman Langston Love, highly rated recruit, a guy who's been a good rotational piece yeah. for Baylor. This year. Had a zero offensive. Yeah, rate. he didn't really do anything. No, and that like that's what I'm saying. Like that would that makes me nervous for Scott Drew. I just, right. I mean, I, it's a different kind of team than what he's had these last several years. And you know, I think I had him third in my power rankings last week. As much as anything, I, in hindsight, probably a respect thing. You yeah. know, watching after watching him play in person, I walked away. I was like, I I don't know that that team will beat 
very many teams in the Big 12 that yeah, they don't have LJ Cryer. And a credit to Iowa State, because what Iowa State does so well is you got to be really good to score on Iowa State right now. Mm-hmm. And, and look what you saw. You saw Flagler have a great first half on some incredible shot making. And then George is really good in the second half. Like that guy, that guy's an NBA guy. Like I take him on my NBA team next year because he can, he's super, is he tall super enough talented. to be a member of the Magic? I, not not for the magic. I mean, we we go seven seven foot and above for our guard court. We're trying to field the avatar team. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just get get every, just a bunch of bull bulls running around. But when they just I I don't see enough of the production. Why I think I, why I like Iowa State this year as compared to a Baylor is. The Cyclones have that drought buster, and Baylor's just got to shoot it incredibly well, and they will at times because those guys are super skilled to win games. And you know, I think Iowa State will be able to weather some of these storms a little bit easier. And you saw that extended drought for Baylor, I think, in large part because the really good defensive teams can take away the the, the shooters. It's harder to take away the guys inside that get to the free throw line, and I, I just didn't see it with Baylor. But credit Iowa State for that. And that's why Iowa State's going to be in every game because the defense will show up. They're not going to shoot it that well very often. And so you're going to have a lot of scrappy type games. It's going to be in the mid-60s again. But you do shoot it this well, and you're going to score 80 and win these games pretty comfortably. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, you just look at what Iowa State's been able to do this year from, you know, there. I think there's only seven teams in the country that – force teams into more three-pointers than what Iowa State does. Yep. And I'm not sure that, you know, I, I would have to look at who those other seven teams are. Some of them might be giving up three-pointers because they're just playing horrible defense. But that's not why Iowa State gives up three-pointers. They give up three-pointers. They give up – you look at even teams opposing two-point percentages against them. They don't give looks at the rim. Like, you just don't – you can't right. get there. You know, you have to take and make really tough shots, which is where you had to give Adam Flagler some credit in the first half – the guy made take, took and made some really difficult shots. I mean, really deep three pointers. He made the one on the end one where he, you know, was flailing all around and things like that. Like <laughs> yep. he, sometimes you just have to tip your cap to a guy who's just doing doing the damn thing, you know. And that like that's impressive. But I mean, Iowa State is number one in the country in adjusted defensive shot quality, hmm. which means you wow, know forcing, forcing teams into difficult possessions, not giving up easy layups. And the only time you see them there be easy layups is if they're breakdowns. They're not giving up straight line drives. They're not giving up any of those kinds of things. They keep people out of the paint, and they make you have to shoot jump shots. And it, and if you make college kids make, shoot jump shots more often than not, you're going to win a lot of basketball games that way. It's a sound philosophy. And I just, I mean, it'd be interesting to track the amount of charges taken in the circle as compared to layups given up in the circle. I bet they'd be pretty close. Yeah. Because, again, on Saturday, you saw you saw at one point George like looked over at his bench like, what do I have to do? Because there's three guys coming out of the middle of nowhere to take a charge. And I think it was it, Alex Gookin tweeted something yesterday that, like, Iowa State's, like, one of the worst teams in the country at defending the rim, like, actually defending the rim. But then you also <laughs> look at it, and teams never get there. You they know? don't. So the only, like, that's why I'm saying, like, the only time you can get to the rim is if there's a breakdown. It's, like, the only way, you know? And that – when you can do that, the only way that you can get beat is when you look at a game like the Iowa one where they shot some uncharacteristic percentage. Yeah, they I mean, did. They shot 60% from three. You and, know? And the, and, but to keep in mind, the, the part that will be interesting is I think a home and away is a different animal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, listen, the block charge call is hard. It's harder on the road, for good or bad, whatever you say about officials. But will Iowa State be able to get some of those same calls 
in Allen Fieldhouse, in the Lloyd Noble Center, and those types of things. And I think Iowa State will be really good at Hilton this year. I just it felt like a, a very old school atmosphere in there. Could really use the students a little close to the action. There were no students at there, but you get my yeah. point. But I, it, I think this team will be a little bit different in that. I'm guessing the home record will be significantly better than the road record. It's just the nature of the league, for one. And I just think obviously it's going to be super tough to beat in Hilton this year. So the question is, where do you steal the road games? Yeah. And this is a big week for Iowa State. If you can get one of these, I mean, you take a significant leap forward, not only in your NCAA tournament chances, but to finish in the upper half of the Big 12. I think there's a very strong chance Iowa State could go undefeated at home. Uh, I felt I, like the other night. I was I, mean, not, I was thinking it. You said it, but I was thinking. And it. I, I'm not saying that that would. I wouldn't bet on it. You know, no. but it would not shock me at all if that ended up being the case. And I, I mean, I walked out of there Saturday. And I don't know that I'd felt like there was an environment like that one since. I mean, since probably 2016 or 20 since Niang. Yeah. yeah, I mean, since Niang, really. probably Niang. Like, yeah. it, it because it's Maybe about Monte, the, way, Monte. the way that things build up in the building, you know, yep. and how the it's all about how the team is playing and like the way the team plays and the way that that the energy builds up. Once you introduce the students back into that, and because you, you can tell that Iowa State has gotten casual people back into back Iowa State in. basketball. Yep, I agree, know? and that's the thing that I think people maybe you know discount about that kind of stuff it's like you're gonna lose the casuals first but it's like then you're gonna if you start to lose the diehards that's when you're really in trouble that's where iowa state was at two years ago but you it's a process of getting those casuals back you know it's a process of getting the kids on a wednesday night who either have the option to go to uh to go to aj's and, and go to dollars or they can go to the basketball game you know and if you go to the basketball game you got to go and you got to stand in line you got to do all those kinds of things you have to be good enough that people want to come out to come and stand in line make your games interesting and i feel like this team is going to be the kind of team that people it that going to watch them i I don't mean this in like a like a true religious sense but it's like a spiritual experience of like being part of that you know because you when you go and you are at hilton coliseum with this team you feel like you're helping them you're pulling them along as well and giving them that energy to continue to play the way that they do super interesting i kind of said this the same feeling almost all of last year it was so beyond anybody's expectations that you kept waiting for something bad to happen it was happiness but you're you're sitting on edge because it's so unexpected that it's like what like what do we even do right you know but this year you're bought in right so it just feels like you you now go into hilton thinking all right another game go get them and what last year's like oh well can they do it again like question mark now it's more of an exclamation mark of like okay let's see what kind of magic we have today and you kind of just just bumping around long enough you get that feeling with some teams and uh, it's going to be tough to to win out at home, but I think Iowa State, at the very least, um, they'll be right there in every game. And, and just just a, the announcement last week that four or five games are sold out, and th- it took such a hit, to your earlier point. The COVID year was bad, two reasons, because you, you lost every game, right? right? But then nobody was there. And so you just almost had to retrain yourself of, oh, yeah, to watch this game, I actually got to get up. I got to go to the – and now it's fun again. Mm-hmm. Like, Iowa State basketball is fun again, and it makes it appointment uh, viewing that, you know, Saturday afternoon I better get my ass in Hilton to, because I'm going to see something special, a lot like you did in the mid-2010s. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, another place that remains undefeated is can- is uh, is Allen Fieldhouse. Oh uh, after their win on Saturday against Oklahoma State, the Jayhawks do play. Uh, they do play tonight. I think they play Tech. Yeah, they play against Texas, and they're only a uh, one-point favorite. So. Yeah, Texas Tech on the road in Lubbock. I was not impressed at all. But t- we're not don't need to dive too deep into this because with these games tonight. But I am not impressed right now by what's going on in Lubbock. I watched their game no. against TCU the other day. There are some significant red flags there that are are concerning. I think for anybody who enjoys Big Twelve basketball, where and then you see some of the the issues coming out from a culture perspective as well with the guy that transferred in and then he didn't like the injury timeline they had. There's red flags. You know, I'm not saying we hit the panic button yet for Mark Adams, but red flags right now for the direction of that thing. Well, and then just schematically, I like Pop Isaacs a lot as a guard offensively, but he's small. Mm-hmm. And so they what, what made them so tough is that, you know, interchangeability defensively and they could just switch everything. And, you know, you, you had five guys that did it. And then now it's not, I mean, Isaacs, you, you can ISO him and, and get some baskets and their efficiency numbers are still good, but they're not going to be leading the country good. I mean, what are they right now? They're 22nd, which for them, oh, yeah, is, I mean, that's a huge drop off from a year say, I mean, ago. None of those guys that were part of that culture are even there anymore. I mean, no. you've got Kevin McCuller and right. you, know, you, you have Kevin O'Banner, but that's basically it. It's exactly. And so I, I, it's a, different team and i would just say you know as we jump into the big 12 conversation i think holistically it's still the best league in america from a a analytics perspective but it's down from last year Mm -hmm. i don't think the high end is there Uh, i think kansas is is still has ability to win a national championship but i don't know if they're as good as last year i'll actually so i'll disagree with you i don't think the ceiling is as high but i think the floor is is higher okay what i'm saying yeah i don't i don't think they're you know even you know, even Kansas State, like Oklahoma State, I mean, Oklahoma, I guess, maybe last year, like some of those teams you could toss out there, it's like, yeah, they won some games, but they couldn't really protect their home court that well. Like, it wouldn't shock me at all if there's, I mean, if, if home teams in the Big 12 won like 75 Yeah, okay, I see games, what you're saying. You know, because I just, I think that 1 through 10, I think that these teams are like the same. You know, and the differences are so small and the margin of error for every team is going to be so small. I mean, I think you look at a team, even a team like Kansas, we, again, we saw this on Saturday, like Oklahoma state pushed them to the brink, you know, they've got a lot of talent, but they've got question marks too. They've still got things that they're figuring out in their front court and how that they're, that that's all going to, uh, going to shake out for them throughout the year. And Grady Dick is one of their best players. Again, he's a true freshman. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're relying a lot on that true freshman to be consistent for you each and every night. He's a guy who could be a lottery pick in the NBA draft. Like he, if there's yeah. anybody good enough to do it, it's probably him. But it just is. There are things about these teams that make them feel less like they like. There's fewer teams in this in the league this year that I sit here and say could go and win the national championship. I agree. That's right. That's yeah. But there's more teams that I feel like are all good enough to go and win to the to go go to the NCAA tournament and not just do that, but win one or two games and go to the second weekend. True. I mean, I guess TCU would be a lot better than I thought they were a year ago at this time. Uh, West Virginia is better. So yeah, West Virginia Virginia is the 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 strangest roster. Mm -hmm. I, I I was like, wait a second. I was watching them yesterday. I'm like, I thought Emmett Matthews transferred. No, he, he did. did he transfer. came back. Yeah, he, he came did. back. I was like, where did he come from? I thought he graduated. I thought I, I saw him five years ago in Hilton. What's going on? But he came back. And then they've got the Iowa kid, and they've got uh, Stevenson, who you know, 
just kept grabbing him, grabbing himself and getting technical fouls last night. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating team. But I think one through ten in every game is just going to be intriguing. I'm like pumped up to watch the games on this Tuesday night. Wednesday's got a good slate too. It's it every is every game's good. It's wild. There, there literally yeah. isn't a bad game. You know, like it, and even the games that you could see where a team maybe wins by 15, I, I don't feel like there will be a game that people are blowing people out, like just dominating them, you know. Let's keep track. Let's, we'll, we'll call it the corner three stat, uh, the, the home winning percentage in the Big 12 this year. And we'll compare it to years previous because I agree with you. It just feels like home court will matter for some reason. In well, right now they're five and six. Home teams are five and six? Yeah. Or no, they're five and one. Five and one. Yeah, five yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. we'll keep an eye on it. If yeah. that stays, you know, I, I think I'm with you. I think that could stay above 75%. And I want to say last year, I'll look it up here this week of what that percentage was a year ago. I've got, a per- see. I've got a prediction for you here. That game Saturday will not be the last time that an officiating call will be the, the difference in a game in Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's like really. They, because of the margin of, again, the margin of error being so slim. It is. That will become, I think that will be a thing the whole the whole Big 12 season. It, and it was it was a foul. And it was, yeah. They didn't call it. Now, I understand the people that, oh, you swallow the whistle, let the, the you let the players decide the game. I feel like that was a moment where the players did decide the game, and they decided that they put the guy on the free throw line, and they were going to let him go shoot two free throws to tie the game. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know? and, you know, the interesting part about that game is actually Kansas had more fouls than Oklahoma State for the entire game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I'm an official, I go, well, Oklahoma State, it's not my fault that you shot 54% in the first half and then 27% in the second half. Like, that's not my fault. And but, too, Bryce Thompson's like a 50% free throw, shoot, free throw shooter. So it's not like it's not, a guarantee not he was going to go and make both of them. For sure. Know. And it, so it's not like an automatic thing, but at the same time, it's like, how many times does this have to, have to happen in that building? And it just gets old. Yeah, it just is, it just is annoying because it's the same kinds of things all the time you know as as i think it was a four i remember it was a wayne morgan once said um twin in kansas you have to play eight on five sometimes it feels that way was that after the the phantom three it might have been don't bring it up yeah all right i do wanted to i I did want to talk about west virginia again real quick you brought him up there just a second ago but i think uh this team makes no sense it's a bizarre team uh, just from a metrics standpoint, for some reason, Ken Palm loves them. Why I don't they, you I know why. Can't figure out why. why. Well, they destroyed Florida, just destroyed uh, them on a neutral floor, which got them like monster growth numbers. So they went from they went from thirty seventh prior to the Florida game to twenty fifth. So they went up twelve spots because they annihilated Florida on a neutral floor by thirty. I mean, they're up fifty spots from where they were at the start of the season. Yeah. And since that game against Florida, they lost to Xavier. I know. Uh, beat Navy, beat UAB, Buffalo, and Stony Brook. And that was like, I think, and yeah, going into the game on Saturday, they were eighteenth on Kenpa. It's they've been beating people by a lot. Now, I don't. I'm not a believer in them. So I think they'll they will regress to the mean as they start losing some of these yeah. games and potentially getting blown out in some of these games too. So they play. Talk about a rough stretch for them to open up, though. My goodness, you go on the road twice to two of the quote unquote easier teams to beat: K State and Oklahoma State. Then you got to go home to Kansas and Baylor. So you're you're staring at a tough four game stretch, and I mean for them, 
they always struggle in those weird they they pair up those road games so i mean that's an awful way to start for them you go you go uh, uh manhattan and stillwater on a single trip and they don't like traveling that that way anyway i think that i think the octagon's back the the doom might be back in the octagon are you are you in on on i, I think that team Tang? is really really good yeah i, I don't know if they're gonna you know We'll see. We, I, we I played, think they, they, they played I, nobody. I was that, saying, it, it struck me if they run out of gas too. They're not a deep team, you know. So it's just like, but I mean, Keontae Johnson it's can cool fill story. it up with, his, it's with cool the best story. of them. Yeah, you know? it's kind of yeah, weird story. It's I like a uh, weird deal. I like my little guy, Marquise Knoll. Yeah, Marquise Knoll. Yeah, my little player. guy. Yeah. It, it just is. Uh, it cuts deep that you know Bruce had all of his struggles at the end of his <laughs> end of his time, and then Jerome Tang hops right in and. Immediately, it's like Kansas State's back. Is this? Hold on, is this a Hoiberg, uh, Otzelberger thing with Tang and Scott Drew? Here's my column. Think about it. Is oh. Jerome Tang the Otzelberger to Hoiberg's Drew? Whoa! Five years. Keep an eye on it. Man, Fred must have found himself a new TJ this year uh, with the way that those guys are getting after it because I know that ain't Fred's team out, out there. They've been defended. They are defended. It's uh, uh, our old buddy uh, Nate, Nate Lenzer is there Oh, now. yeah. Yeah, man. Is he, I love he's Nate on, he's the, a TJ guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's 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 a, he's a just an yeah, Iowa guy. Nate's awesome guy. Coach Nate yeah. is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Big fan. So I'm happy for Nate. And All right. All right, last thing here, Iowa State-Oklahoma coming up tomorrow night. Uh, I mean, it, I feel like we would be idiots to like even make predictions for yeah. these games, honestly. I, it's You could just say, I think it'll be a close one. <laughs> <laughs> to the very end. Dynamite drop in there, Monty. Yeah, no, uh, agreed. This is a weird team again. I mean, their numbers are really good, mm-hmm. but you watch them and you go, <sighs> And the, and the numbers don't really well, make very much sense either. No, they're, they're a top ten shooting team in the country, and they're like, but they don't. But shoot it doesn't the ball. look like it. <laughs> they don't I, ever I, shoot the ball. It's it's crazy. I I mean, I'm a big Sherfield guy. I like I always liked him. He actually played for uh, our old buddy Steve Alford. Yeah, at Nevada. At Nevada, but you know the. <sighs> It's like we're running it back with the the Groves again, and they're fine. I don't know if you can really win at a super high level. I, I don't know what to think about Oklahoma. I, that's a game last year. Remember, Iowa State had a significant lead mm-hmm. and then just went into like the dry spell of all dry spells and ended up losing by double digits. Shot well, one they, free throw. Shot one yeah. free throw in that game. Yeah, I remember that. Well, and then crushed, and then they crushed him back at, at uh, yeah, Norton. yeah. And I, that's you know, it would not surprise me. I think I was thinking get one of these two, and then what at TCU Saturday, mm-hmm. but. TCU's not playing very good ball right now either, though. Mike, Mike Miles had to rescue him on, against Texas he's Tech. Gonna, he might have to do that a lot. They just For them to be good, he's he needs to be really good. But for them to take it to the next step like we thought they would this year, he has to have a supporting cast, and right now it hasn't really happened. I I am really disappointed that corner, that Big Eddie didn't get a corner three bump. Big Eddie's been having a Yeah, time. Big Eddie. What, what happened to him? I don't know. I, he, I think I, he was tweeting a couple weeks ago he's been injured. So Okay. I mean, I, the I, numbers I like are to say it's, it, yeah, horrible. It's not, not good. And not he's only good. a sophomore. It's like, what's going on, Eddie? He might have spent too much time on his corner three immediate tour. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously going around to spring practice with Max Duggan. 
throwing the ball around. <laughs> he, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll have a monster game in Ames, oh, though, just yeah. for you, oh, just yeah. for you. I, yeah, he'll he'll come out and he'll put up twenty five and fifteen <laughs> or something like that, and it'll be the only game what? all year that he's just an absolute monster. When is the last time Iowa State won in Fort Worth? Last year, didn't they win in didn't Did Fort Worth last year? Am I am I losing my mind? Man, yeah, they did. Yeah, fifty. They 54. did. That's right. That was the Condit had a big basket late. That was a huge game. Oh wow, I take that back. My apologies. I I'm losing my mind. I think COVID's doing it to me. But yeah, no, I just remember some heartbreakers. They remember uh, the half court shot for Jaden Walker in that game. Jaden Walker did have big minutes in that game. Where did he end up? Uh. Where is he at? Where, yeah, when East Nate, Carolina. That, 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 he's at East Carolina? Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, Trey's in Western Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think that's right, yeah. Is Jaden Walker playing? He is, yeah. He's playing uh, 65% of their minutes. So wow. He's playing pretty well, shooting okay. 35% from three. That was Jaden. Yeah, I mean, not. he's only shooting 54% from the free throw line. You'd like to see that get a little it's bit okay. better. But I mean, him. Always yeah. a good kid. No, that's good. I, I, thought, I think he... He just was put in a tough situation. I forgot I about he don't took know that he blew belonged here. He had a couple monster games though last year in clutch situations, and TCU was one of them. Yeah, yeah, man. There you go. I, w- I wonder where Trey Jackson is or what Trey Jackson's doing. I'm gonna look at look. He at was his making play. a bunch of shots earlier in the year, from what I could see. Yeah, he's shooting 43 percent from three. Well, that guy yeah. can always shoot it. Good for that Trey Jackson. Good man. for Trey. Ja- big another big Trey Jackson guy right here. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, all right, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again after this game against Oklahoma. I, I again, I, don't, I have no idea how this game's going to go. I, I will make one prediction, and that is Iowa State will shoot more than one free throw this time around. I think that that's a safe yeah. a safe bet. Taking the over. All right. Thanks again <laughs> to Mac Dine. Thanks again to Mac Dine for being the presenting sponsors of Corner Three. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.